Russia and Vladimir Putin are getting ready to up the ante on Ukraine, preparing to mobilize some 300,000 reservists. We check in with retired General Rick Hillier to get his opinion on the situation. September budget busters. We've been talking so much in recent days, recent weeks, recent months about inflation, the cost of gas, cost of food, cost of everything. Well, Kelly Keene is here to save the day. Fact-checking before you share as a fake tweet involving the Prime Minister makes the rounds. We have some tips for you on online literacy. And have you ever had a surprise blown for you? Or maybe you've been the one to blow the surprise. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Thursday, September 22nd podcast for The Start. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, producer Sky, in for Jeff Fortier this morning. Thank you so much for joining us this morning on The Start, and lots to discuss as always, but I feel like I just gotta, I gotta get this off my chest, I gotta talk about it, use this as a sort of our, we like to use this sometimes as our therapy session. A quick question for Greg, I guess. Well, for both of you, first, do you ever have a dream that just leaves you like shaken or frustrated and you wake up and you, even though you know it's a dream, you just can't get rid of it? All too often. Yeah? Yes, and it's bothersome. Uh, I don't know what it is about our imaginations and the subconscious, but yes, uh, 100%. McNabb? Yeah, it can depend. It sometimes feels like it's foreshadowing your day, like what happened in it it couldn't possibly happen in real life, but the essence of it feels very real. Or I know people who get in full-blown fights or have been in fights with their partner or their (laughs) sibling or something because they wake up and they're like, you are a jerk. When? In my dream? Yeah. We're in a fight now. Like, you know, that, that goes down too. <laughs> okay. So I had this dream. First, I, all week I've been having intense dreams. I'm, I'm, I've been saying it for months and months. I have got to start getting to bed earlier. I need more sleep. I'm tired of being tired all the time. So I've been going to bed a little bit earlier. Not super. Like last night I was up till 930 because yeah, I had to watch Survivor. But still, that's earlier sometimes than usual. And as a result, I'm having some pretty heavy dreams. And last night... I dreamt that, you know, right now Clay Young is filling in for Gabby Marchand on Global News Morning. Well, I dreamt that I had to fill in for Clay, that they, you know, they, they, they're they so short-staffed over there, they pulled me in to fill in for Clay. So my first day, I'm trying to do it. I'm like, okay, I can do this. It's, uh, you know, just got to follow the teleprompter. But the, the teleprompter was moving too quickly for me. So the headline that flashed across the screen, I got halfway through it. So imagine uh, I'm reading Prime Minister Justin Trudeau insists Canada will continue to listen. And, and then froze? and then it went to the next one. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. It just disappeared. <laughs> like it wasn't scrolling. It was just it was on the screen. And then it was the next one. So then I actually tried to channel. Clay in that moment, I said, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to be like Clay here. Sorry, everybody. I'm, I'm just trying, still getting used to things around here. I don't know what's happening. And uh, it went, that went over okay. <laughs> everybody was laughing. It was a good time. I got settled in. But then the next day. What, some, do you have like a studio audience? Everyone's laughing. Apparently, the yeah. News? There was an audience in, the, in, this, in this studio. It wasn't, it wasn't the Global Winnipeg studio. I don't know where it was. And the next day, I'm getting ready, and some manager, like I, not a manager in this building, just some suit, uh, comes up to me and says, hey, um, let's just see if you can recover after that mess yesterday. 
And I thought, well, that's a great thing to say to me as I'm about to go on. And then in this case, the teleprompter was moving even faster. Like it, it showed me the headline. It was on the screen for one second and then it was gone. And I tried to do it by memory. And then it, I started to read the next headline and I booted that and to the point where I actually just threw my hands up and leaned back and, and like panicked and froze. And, and then I woke up and I was really upset. And, Work uh, dreams. Yeah. What do you think that's about? That something's going on, something's spe- speaking to you. I know, like of all the things I got to dream about, I got to dream about work. I, whenever I dream about work, it's always about a deadline approaching and I'm trying to get to the studio on time. And in the dream, it always, the building will turn into the hallways are now on an incline. Like you're trying to get to the studio, but it becomes a hill that you're <laughs> climbing to get there. And I wake up just completely out of breath, flustered, and I cannot figure out what it, am I too big of a like what's the metaphor here what's the subconscious thing what's going on and that's it's a repeat dream for me are you doing that are you analyzing it within your dream as you're having it or in the morning no when i wake up i think what's going on that i would be you know obviously i'm stressed about something it's all stress related i think at the end of the day the big question the big question there's a big question though loren in that dream are you wearing pants uh I think there's times I'm not. Yep. Got to be honest. I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> yeah, that's the server dream I always have, whatever. I'm scrambling around or whatever, and I never find my pants. Or do you have at least have your, you know, apron? your apron? Yeah, oh, yeah, aprons on for sure. Okay. And, and probably wearing uh, whatever else uh, that I might wear underneath my pants, but cannot find my pants. <laughs> You know, Loren, I wonder if the, the incline thing is similar to, I believe, like if you, have you ever had a dream where you're trying to run and you just can't seem to get moving or you're trying mm-hmm. to fly and you can't get off the ground? And I think the symbolism there is that you, you feel like you're being held back. You're stuck. Yeah. Oh. I also have dreams my teeth fall out a lot. What's that mean? <laughs> there is something, there is something, uh, it is supposed to be symbolic. I think that one's also stress. Mine are all stress. I've Googled them for answers before. And basically, it's like, you need some therapy is what the Google machine tells me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> see, and I have ones where I can, like, jump really, really high. Oh, like, yeah. Without much effort. and like No limits just, in your life. I just really, no, like, no I just have to get my, get my arms going and I can get up and I can do magical Michael Jordan-esque uh, dunks. It's, uh, it's kind of fun. I'm just thinking, are you like a superhero in this dream when you can jump no, really high? I'm not a superhero. No, I'm not. Uh, what's the word I'm looking Community minded enough to be a superhero. I, I keep all the superpowers to myself, use them for my own good. I don't spread them around. <laughs> all right. So feel free if you have any ideas on what my dream could have been about or about Loren's dream <laughs> about her teeth falling out. Maybe you just didn't went to bed and hadn't brushed your teeth that night, uh, Loren. No, no, I, I cannot get up. Like I, as soon as I'm up and before, right before I go to bed, I have to do it. I cannot lay there. I've even in the middle of the night sometimes got up to brush my teeth because it'll bug me. Oh, so wow. it's just a straight up my teeth. Um, could be like I'm getting old, sloppy. Maybe I'm turning into like a witch. I'm trying to, I don't know. There's something. Hey, oh, happy birthday, Brett. Happy birthday, Brettley. Oh, thank you. I said it first. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I love how this has become a competition between the two of you. On that note, actually, just remind me, Loren, because I definitely forgot this year. What is your birth date? Nothing. You don't know, man. I'm not calling you early next time. Okay. I've got it somewhere in your text, in our text messages. I'll find it. You remembered. It's long gone. You're younger than me by four months. (laughs) Okay. I'll remember next year. And Mackling, I know, is May 2-2. Yes? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Producer Sky. May 3rd. I remember being here last year on your birthday and saying it's a weird birthday. Yes. It, yes. Oh, so that's, that's right. That's tradition now. Oh, yeah, that's I'm right. I was here on your weird birthday. Get out of here, Producer Sky. <laughs> Where's 14? Her direct quote was, nobody has a birthday Who has on a this birthday day. has a birthday today? Again, you have it. <laughs> <laughs> It's Mackling McGarry and McNabb with a question. Have you ever blown a surprise or had a surprise blown? This is inspired by something that happened at the end of the show yesterday. And if you watch The Amazing Race Canada, don't worry, I'm not going to reveal the result again. But at the end of the show, I did give a spoiler warning before announcing the winner of The Amazing Race Canada because... Well, you know what, I don't want to, at this point, I don't want to say anything else, because we did, even though there was a spoiler warning issued, I guess it wasn't aggressive enough, and we immediately got some text messages, thanks for blowing the Amazing Race Canada, morons! And, uh, yeah, what can you do? You try to give the spoiler warning. But, that that got us thinking about other surprises that may have been blown. So here's what we need from you at 204-780-6868. Have you ever had a surprise blown or have you ever blown a surprise? Text us for a chance to win tickets for Michael Bublé. And Mackling, why don't we start with you? Because it was your story that kind of got us going on this. <laughs> well, uh, well, I'm just texting with Jackie trying to get the details of what happened in her house. And uh, of course it had to do with sports. And in this day and age, trying to sequester yourself from the internet and all the places you can get sports stores directly or indirectly media is everywhere. Uh, but back in the day, you could kind of pull it off. And so uh, for my wife, it was a hockey game uh, between the, the Canucks and the Jets. And her uncle was visiting Winnipeg, big Canuck, Canucks fan. They had uh, recorded the, the game the night before. Boo, Canucks boo. Yeah, a hundred percent on that one, Cam Poitras. I'm down with that. Anyway, Jackie walked into the living room and, and, and said something about the score. And, of course, her uncle was mad at her. She blew uh, Roger Federer, Rafa Nadell, uh, tennis final. She didn't say which tournament uh, that she blew for her dad. But I will never forget sitting in the house on Golding Street. It was the uh, mid-'90s. I don't know exactly which match it was, but my brother Kevin was in love with Andre Agassi. He had, my brother had the hair, the outfits, the runners, everything. He was actually even pretty good at tennis. And he had hunkered down, Wimbledon, and worked the night before, early match, recorded it. It was one of those epic five-hour matches. He's in probably about three and a half, four hours and my mom had been out shopping. She walked in the door and she looked at the TV and she goes, oh, it's too bad Andre lost. And how bad you wanted him to win. If, if looks could kill, as the saying goes, my brother was furious that my mom had blown it for him. So <laughs> that's the one that gets me every time. Jeff Brown, what about you? Oh, I've, I've got a blanket policy now where I tell my girlfriend, like, look, if there's a, a, a secret that, needs to not get out do not tell me unless it's absolutely necessary because i've blown it so many times so if there's like a surprise party happening or something i was like just tell me the day of otherwise i'll accidentally like email them and say hey what should i bring to your party or something <laughs> silly like that uh, about 15 years ago at work i did it i blew it uh, a lady was getting married and uh, some of the other people we worked with were having a wedding shower for her a bridal shower whatever and it was just at the end of the workday, and I saw her in the hallway, and I said, have fun at your party tonight. And she said, what party? And that's <laughs> when I realized it was a surprise party. And they all got liquored up, and they called me later in the evening and started screaming at me over the phone. 
bleep bleep this and bleep bleep you for ruining the bleeping surprise. And it was just it was pretty horrible, actually. <laughs> okay. I need to lo- learn more. I'll be shooting you a text message shortly, Braun. Poitras, what about you? Uh, well, I'm kind of in the same boat as Braun, but this one in my defense, it was like eight years at this point. I I, I, I blew a big moment in Breaking Bad. Somebody was talking about, yeah, I've just started watching. And I'm not even sure I should even, I can't even say it now because I know Greg hasn't seen it. I don't even know if he cares, but... Um, thanks thanks for thinking of me, though, Cam. Well, That's I, very sweet. So anyways, I said, oh, yeah, wasn't it crazy when this happens? And then there was like that stare. Oh, I haven't got there yet. Mm. And I went, oh... Well, you know, it's been a long time, you know. I, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I still th- feel bad about it, but. There's a separate conversation to be had there. What is the statute of limitations on spoilers for stuff Eight like that? Eight years. Forget it. Yeah. Come on. Like, you're not, I think you're fine. No, yeah. I still felt bad for, like, ruining a big, important part of the show. Um, but, like, I, I'm like, well, you know, it's been, like, nearly ten years. It's, it's, it's. Well, what what is the limitation? Like a year, two years? I don't know. I think it's a great question when it comes to a TV series and a movie versus a competition like The Amazing Race or Survivor. You know, that's different because... There's there's a result there. If, if, yeah, if, if it's a, like, like Cam, you yeah. don't come on the air in the morning and go. Uh, the Jets played last night. We'll tell you the score in three days <laughs> yeah. for those of you at BBR <laughs> the game. It's true. <laughs> it's absolutely true. No, it's. I, I, I think for a movie, it's about six months because if you, if it was a movie you really really wanted to see and it's been like six months, well then you you didn't want to see it that bad. And and, and the way I see it too, and this is tough, and, and I do this myself. Like if I if I if, like if, if say it's the Amazing Race finale or a Survivor finale, if I don't watch it that night, then every moment that passes is at my own peril. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, as if you don't pick up your phone and are you just not using your phone until you've seen the show? Because I I knew the result of different competitions that I didn't even care about just yeah. by scrolling through social media. Yeah, it's it, it's tough. It's You almost have to just forget Twitter. Um, yeah. And I know Jeff, Braun, I think, is actually really good at muting certain things like that. Uh, but uh, Loren, what about you? What's your surprise? Well, mine's the opposite. In a, you know, if you have kids or if you ever watch shows with kids, particularly when they're really young, like four, five, six, they, they ask the question repeatedly, what's going to happen? Is he going to be okay? Is that man going to make it to the top of the mountain? Is the race going to win the race? Like, they want to know. And I came to realize that them not knowing was not helpful. And I don't even want to say the name of this movie because, spoiler alert, but it's a, it's a movie with animals in it. And there's a rescue thing going on. And my kids asked the question, this is years ago, we watched it, six or seven years ago when they were very young, did any of these dogs die? And I stupidly just, I had never seen it before. I said, no, it's going to be fine. Because it, I thought it would. And then one dog died. And then they look at me like devastated. And I was like, I'll be the only one. Three dogs by the end of this film die. And the kids are devastated. And I've come to realize it's the opposite about the surprise for certain people. Some people don't want the surprise. They want to. They want to be in the know. They don't want to be shocked. They don't want to be caught off guard. And so it was. It was the other lesson I learned in the other way. Like, how much information do I need to give so that they don't have that shock? Because they talked about that for years. Remember that movie, Mom, where those dogs died? And you're like, Yeah, <laughs> sorry, buddy. Don't know why we let you watch that. And uh, producer Sky in for Forte. What you got? Well, as a public service, I like to spoil surprises for people. As a public uh, service. Yes, because Loren is right. They don't need it. You don't need this anxiety. But I am currently sitting on a secret, and I don't know if you've seen this from SNL, but this is how I feel. I can't tell you about something. Ah, shut it, Sue. Yeah. There's nothing. There's just something I'm very excited that I can't. Is there a party? Yes. What? No. <laughs> <laughs> Whose birthday is it? What? Tomorrow? What? Tomorrow's nothing. What time is it? Pardon?
Mark Pizza. Hey, I'm going to pardon our. Oh God, here it comes. Oh God, here it comes. Oh God, you're gonna. Oh God. So, Dom, please. That's me right now. So I can't say anything because I'm gonna spoil something for somebody, and I, I haven't been able to look or talk to them. And it's almost over, so I just need to make it like a few more days. But uh, it's brutal. Okay. <laughs> They're not listening this morning. They could be what like is it? I want to no, know. I, can't tell yeah, you. I, I need to know. Oh, is there a thing on Saturday? There might be a thing on Saturday. I can't say anything. I gotta stop. Question of the day at cjob.com for Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace 204-832-6243. The new bivalent COVID shot is now available to all Manitoba adults. Will you be getting it? And 27% say yes ASAP. 31% say eventually. 42% say no. Cast or vote cjob.com on Instagram at 680cjob or on Twitter. Just published on Twitter. And speaking of Twitter... I think many of us are guilty of reading something on Twitter or seeing a post on Instagram or other and automatically react to it, maybe even share it, only to realize later that it's wrong, never happened, is not true. Yeah, so there's bots that create fake posts. There's people who create fake posts. But then there's us. You know, we might go on to share that information without realizing we're part of the problem. Which is why this next tweet caught our attention. It comes from Global TV's bureau chief, Mercedes Stevenson. And yesterday she wrote on Twitter, there is a tweet circulating that appears to be from PM Justin Trudeau talking about the hashtag Trudeau must go. Trudeau never tweeted it. The tweet is manufactured and it's going viral. Mercedes goes on to say, one online literacy simple trick. Check the actual account's timeline. Mm-hmm. I got tricked on the day of the Queen's passing. So the fake post isn't uh, what got your attention, whether it's against the Liberals, Conservatives, Republicans, Democrats, Russia, Ukraine. There have been countless manufactured posts like this before. What got our attention is the message on online literacy. What are a few tricks we should use to double-check Information we're reading. For answers, we turn to a regular contributor to this program, University of Waterloo Associate Professor Amy Morrison. Amy, good morning. Good morning. So do you have tips and tricks of your own in terms of making sure you're not falling victim to one of these fake or manufactured posts? Absolutely. There's two things. One that is really easy to do, uh, and the other one that is really simple to do, but that isn't so easy. So the easy one first is uh, the first thing to do is open another browser window, right? So you'll be in your Twitter or on your Reddit or wherever you happen to be, and you'll see this, this thing, and you'll be like, oh, I knew it, I knew it. And you just like immediately just want to start resharing that. Um, but the first thing to do if it seems that newsworthy to you or like it's the smoking gun that proves everything um, or it seems like such a wild piece of information that the world has to know about it right away and it's been hidden from you, the first thing to do is open another browser window and Google that information right away and see where else that information is being posted or covered, right? Um, and so if you see the topic is being addressed already um, in, in places like perhaps the Globe and Mail or the Toronto Star or the official Twitter accounts of those places or in the U.S. major outlets like you know, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, um, to, to look and see if other mainstream news sites are covering this because they do have journalistic processes that that ensure that they do a little bit more fact-checking right away. So if the only place you can find this information is in the original tweet or social media post, even if it looks like a screen grab for something, I would be very wary. 
That's the first thing. You can also look it up on a site like Snopes.com to see if someone has already debunked it, or you can Google the term, um, whatever it happens to be, right, um, Trudeau must go, Trudeau tweet, fact check. And so add the words fact check into your Google search, and then that will bring up if anybody has already been working on, on testing the veracity of that. So that's pretty straightforward stuff. It just means stepping back a little bit from the moment that you're in, opening a brand new window and doing just a little bit of research. So the more unusual or special um, the information seems, the more it it makes a big claim or the more it seems to like prove something that no one's been able to prove before, the faster you should step away from that and make sure that it's real before you retweet it. And Amy, uh, we've got two minutes left here, but we do want to ask you, what are the platforms themselves doing to curb this disinformation? Well, they will mark some things as misinformation or as with COVID things, they will, um, you know, put up a little warning label thing for information about COVID go to, to some of these sites. It's just really hard to catch these things before they go viral. So often these tweets get taken down within five or six hours. They're removed for content violations. But by that point, everybody already believes them. And we can see in that original tweet that you um, that you were just referencing that, that people in the comments on that post um, uh, call Mercedes Stevenson a bunch of really bad names and impugn her, her character, her morality, and her family. Uh, and they also say, you know, just because the tweet is gone it's, and it's not on the the timeline of that uh, account that it claims to be from. It could just have been erased. That's just what they want you to think, right? Um, so my last little tip there, the one that's simple but is not easy, is any piece of information you find online that gives you a very strong feeling of vindication or fear or I was right the whole time or aha, this proves it. Anytime you find yourself having a really strong emotion about a piece of unusual information that's been shared, that's the other leg to step back and verify that first. And it's that's, it's simple, but it's hard to do because when we have strong feelings of, of disgust or revulsion or vindication or, um, or schadenfreude, like it immediately short circuits the thinking part of our brain. It just gives us the reaction part of our brain. So that's, that's the other tip there is, is think twice um, and step away from your feelings. Check out the facts in another window. Amy Morrison, thank you for your time. University of Waterloo Associate Professor. Amy, we appreciate it. So nice to be here. It's hard. It's you want to share it. It's kinda of like when we when you spoil a surprise or you know a secret, you, you wanna let you wanna let it out. It's kinda of gets to what we're talking about this morning, Brett. But at the same time, if someone comes to you with a rumor, you should always be asking, Well, hang on, who did who told you that? Where did you get that information from? And I think maybe we need to be doing more of that. When we're clicking on stuff on social media. And she's right. I mean, the Google stuff, I remember there was one, I can't remember exactly the exact context, but there was a story that was shared to us by a number of our listeners. Uh, I think it was a story out of Australia and it was quoting some doctor. He was talking about COVID treatments and the, the stock, there was a picture used in the television story of this medication and one of the active ingredients was ivermectin. And apparently the doctor, so people were saying, look, this doctor is endorsing ivermectin. See, there's the smoking gun. It took me 10 seconds to debunk it. I just looked up the doctor's name who went on to say, hey, I didn't tell you to use ivermectin. And then the, the news outlet had to say, we use the wrong stock image. We use the wrong medication in our story. And it took me all of 10 seconds to figure that out. But all everyone else was, all these people were saying, ah, see, ivermectin, we told you. No, you didn't.
Have you ever blown a surprise or had one blown? 204-780-6868 for a chance to win Michael Buble tickets. Lisa, Greg, what does Lisa have for us? Had hubby surprise 60th birthday this summer. I accidentally sent him a picture of the birthday cake. <laughs> I quickly made a white lie, and he ended up being pleasantly surprised as people arrived at our cabin to celebrate the big 6-0. We wanted to know what the cover story was. Lisa obliged. I told him our besties were coming out on Sunday and bought him that cake. I said, act surprised when they show up. His party was on Saturday. Nice. Oh, tricked for the day. I like it. Good job, Jules made me laugh. Yeah, Jules said many years ago our extended family had planned a surprise bridal shower for our cousin, to be specific, second cousin. But familial genes run strong in our family, and as everyone was hiding ready to surprise her, I look like her. So when I walked in, everyone yelled surprise. (laughs) I was stunned because I was immediately trying to figure out why I was being thrown a party. Everyone was either laughing or upset at the mess up, and then... The bride-to-be walked in almost unnoticed. (laughs) To this day, we still talk about it. Oh, no. And then uh, this listener says, I remember when I was a kid and I found my Christmas gifts. Man, did I have to fake being surprised Christmas morning. So I asked, did you succeed in faking it? Did your parents know? And a listener says, oh, they could tell I was faking it. I've never understood the desire to know what you're getting. Oh, yeah, nev- there's like, a difference between snooping, though, and, and stumbling upon. Yes, yes? I suppose. If yeah. you find them, and, and, and that's true. If you find the gifts, then you just that's an accident. But there's lots of, I know people who will go looking. Oh. I know it's hidden here somewhere. I, Hello, learned, Monica. I learned the value of the surprise because I found one of my gifts. I went looking for it. I found one. And then, and then I'm like, well, now I know what I'm getting. And I, it just ruined my own. How old yes. were you, Brad? I like eight, eight. seven or eight. It was, yeah, it, was a GI, it was a G.I. Joe tank. The Mauler, I think, is what it was Today. called. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on The Start. In our next segment, we are going to speak with former General... We're hoping to speak with former General Rick Hillier on Russia upping the ante in Ukraine. And then after Global News at 9, we're talking about the 75th anniversary of our Winnipeg sportsing institution. The Pembina Curling Club. And I know there are older curling rinks in Winnipeg, the Granite in particular, but... You know, curling has, just like everything else, had to press pause on several things throughout the pandemic, and they're looking forward to celebrating their 75th and getting things back to quote-unquote normal. So we'll find out what the Pemina Curling Club has in store for those who are veteran curlers and seasoned curlers and those who might want to try the game for the first time. And just to follow up to yesterday, uh, for the allergy sufferers in the crowd, mine are okay today, Loren. How are yours today? Better, much better. And I've been wondering if that has to do, does temperature impact that at at all? It's cold out there this morning. This first day of fall is coming in cold. It's coming (laughs) in hot. expression, coming in hot. It's not coming in hot. And I wondered what the wind and just the cooler temperatures had to do with dampening down any of the mold or the pollens or ragweed or whatever that might be out there. Yeah, my, I was I, I sort of realized that halfway through the show, like, oh, I haven't even yeah. sneezed yet today, so that's much better, because yesterday I just wanted to crawl into a cave and be sad. But in the meantime, we go want to tell you about something that's going to make you happy. It's a time-honored tradition at the University of Manitoba, Homecoming. It kicked off yesterday and runs through the weekend with a host of big events planned. Always a big deal on campus. Tracy Bowman is Director of Alumni Relations at the University of Manitoba. Go Bisons. Good morning, Tracy. 
Good, good morning. Thank you for having me. So why is homecoming such a big deal for those of us that uh, maybe didn't experience it uh, in the past? You know, homecoming is just a great way for and a great excuse to bring alumni back to campus. And in fact, the entire community uh, in Manitoba, just back to University of Manitoba campus. You know, we, we've had the last two years where we haven't been able to celebrate homecoming in a really meaningful way. So this is a really great way to, it's just as in the name, it's a coming of home. And so we're bringing alumni back to campus for a lot of different activities uh, that are coming up. And, and some are celebrating reunions, some are not, but it's just a, a great community event. Yeah, I mean, we have students back on campus, Tracy, and we've got uh, alumni now able to come back. So I'm curious what difference it it feels like in terms of the mood on campus right now, given that it's semi-normal. It is. And, you know, the energy is palpable. Um, you know, just the other day I was walking around uh, the quad by the science and the art buildings in Umsa University Centre, and it was just teeming with people. And it was just, it was a beautiful sunny day. And it was just, you know, this is the way a university campus is supposed to be. You know, students, uh, staff, faculty, alumni, there's just so many people around. It's just alive. It's just, it's such a wonderful place to be. Now you've got a number of events lined up, including an in-person campus tour on Saturday mm-hmm. morning, which I think is cool because I went to the U of M for a few years back in the 90s, and I've always kind of wanted to go back and see what's changed. So is it fun for former students to just come back and sort of take a look around and snoop around? It is. It's lots of fun. And, you know, there's there's actually been a lot of changes made on campus. We have a number of new buildings or, or old buildings that have been turned into newer buildings. Uh, just last night, uh, as a kickoff event for homecoming, uh, we had our, our concert at the Deseltay Faculty of Music, uh, which used to be Taché Hall. So, so you know, decades ago, uh, it was a residence. And so now it's our beautiful Faculty of Music. And uh, we kicked uh, off the week with, uh, with that concert where we had hundreds of people there. So, you know, it really is is worthwhile to come back to campus and see all the things that are new and just to, you know, reconnect with your alma mater and fellow alumni. Yeah, I would like to check out some of those buildings. You mentioned Tashe Hall. That brings back sort of some memories, if you know what I'm getting at, Tracy. Beer yeah. bashes on Friday in particular, <laughs> yeah. once upon a time. But that Project Domino has really uh, changed things in terms of the repurposing of buildings that many of us uh, would be familiar with. Mm-hmm, most definitely. And so I really do encourage everybody to come back to campus. And there's lots of other things that are going on this week, too. Uh, if if not music, if you're a, a fan of sports, we've got not one but two great bison games on Saturday at, hosted at IG Field. We've got our football uh, game, uh, tailgate at 1, uh, kickoff at 2. And then we've got the women's soccer game, tailgate at 6.30, uh, kickoff at 7.30. And the best thing is that tickets are free for everyone. So everybody, you know, family, whether you're alumni, or not everybody's welcome to come and just another great way to to celebrate being a bison where do we go for more information tracy best place to go is umanitoba.ca forward slash homecoming that's where you can register get your tickets learn more about all the great things that are going on over this week tracy bowman director of alumni relations at the university of manitoba for homecoming tracy thank you very much for joining us a pleasure Thank you very much. 843 with Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. And yeah, it's not just for alumni. We're guessing that. I mean, I went to a couple of big homecoming student led parties back in my day. So there is going to be a lot going on this weekend at the U of M, Mr. Mackling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Greg's going to leave it there? Uh, yeah, I keep most of my U of M stories to myself. <laughs>
<laughs> I, it wasn't a particularly productive time in my life, at least when it came to, to education. I met lots of people. I had lots of fun. I spent a ton of money and a ton of time there. I didn't learn what I was supposed to. <laughs> it is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, as we've been telling you this morning. Russia is moving to mobilize hundreds of thousands of reservists to join the war in Ukraine. This is Vladimir Putin has also said, quote, it's not a bluff when he says Russia would use any and all means to protect its territory. So what should we make of these latest moves? We'll join now by retired General Rick Hillier. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Well, this has been asked, I think, countless times, really, uh, since February. But what do we make of any, first of all, hint of a threat of nuclear weapon use? Well, it's not the first time that he's kind of uh, dressed those threats up and laid them out there. And, and what we can't do in the West is be blackmailed by somebody who threatens to use nuclear weapons. Otherwise, we just really ask him what he wants to have and give it to him if that's going to be the case. I think one of the things that we can make of this is that Putin is a survivor. He wants to survive himself above all else. And that's why he travels with a team of doctors. And that's why he stays away from people and lives on a diet of of vitamins and supplements. And so he's not going to do something which could probably guarantee his demise. And use of nuclear weapons, I think, would be that. So it's a threat we've heard before. We don't dismiss it, but we just let him know that that would be totally unacceptable and the response from the rest of the world would be something he wouldn't want to have to deal with. Uh, General Hillier, when we watch and, and see the media, the state-controlled media coming out of Russia last week, there seemed to be some dissent, open dissent and conversation about what was genuinely going on in Ukraine. And I I think I, along with, with millions of others, were wondering what message was coming out of that conversation is this a message that maybe putin is open to negotiating an end uh, to this action and this war on ukraine or is it a message and a warning that things are about to to step up a notch and i guess we're seeing the latter well i i don't think it's a message that is about to hand this i mean you know, I, I think the amount of resistance inside of Russia has been very muted, very limited, very controlled because, of course, Putin and his cronies own the methods of communications there. Uh, I think the uh, the support that he has in Russia and many of the hard right uh, parts of their societies is actually quite incredible for uh, actually continuing the war and actually doing this mobilization or partial mobilizations that he uh, mobilization that he talked about. So. I have not yet seen to what I would view a significant amount of resistance to the war there. I would love to see it. I'd love to have that grow and change the course of action, but I have not yet seen it myself. I don't think it's going to mean uh, a shortening of the war because I think that would already have occurred if it was going to mean something like that. So I'm not optimistic about what I saw there or heard there. How should Canada respond? Well, you know, Canada has got to be a leader here. And in some cases we have before the war. And I talk about unified training that Canada did over, I think, some six years, which in part has helped Ukraine be successful in, you know, uh, defending its families and its villages and its country against this brutal invasion. And we need to continue to be that leader. I think we could lead much more so on the sanctions and put together a, another package of sanctions because we know from experience with North Korea and with Iran that, you know, the sanctions have got to be watertight. We've got to make sure that Canada's diplomacy ensures that other nations in the West, particularly in NATO, 
and I reference Italy here, don't all of a sudden back away from some of the sanctions because a fracturing of that sort of united front would encourage Putin. And I know that in Italy, Italy, the leading party in the polls in the elections say they're going to get out of the sanctions because they want the gas to come. I think Canada, uh, we could we could still give more in the way of weapons. We can give a lot more money. But I think one of the places we could do something huge and leave a legacy for over the longer term is training. We're doing some now with the British helping train Ukrainian soldiers uh, in the United Kingdom. I think we should do a lot more. And I think we should set up a training center in Poland, for example, uh, use our civilian companies here in Canada that help the Canadian forces train and train the territorial defense force or the uh, reserves or the regular force, train them in basic combat skills, train them in leadership and help develop the Russian, uh, the Ukrainian forces so that over the longer term, with equipment from the West, they can defend themselves against Russian invasions, Russian threats, not just now, not just in the coming months, but in the future. I think Canada can, we've done some good things. I think we can show a leadership role here uh, that's much greater. I was just going to ask that you're talking about not just training troops for the here and now, but that will be going down this road again in your mind. You know, one of the things I heard when I was in Ukraine was that uh, they need to become equivalent of Israel of Eastern Europe. That is to say, they've got to be strong enough that they can defend themselves against continuous threats from nations around them. Obviously, Russia right at the front of that. And in order to do that, part of the rebuild of the country following, you know, most of the fighting uh, has got to be building an armed forces that can actually do that. And, you know, you can give them all the equipment you want, and they do need that and all the logistics support and maintenance. But you've got to have training, training, training. Like I said, you've got to train the leaders. You've got to train the basic soldiers. You've got to train the people who can maintain those kinds of equipments and repair it when it's damaged and get it operating. And Canada can do that kind of stuff. Like, you know, we, we have an immense capacity, both in our armed forces and in our private companies here in Canada, uh, to actually do that in a very real way. And I think there's an opportunity for Canada to build a legacy here with the Ukraine over the next 5, 10, 15 years and help them, you know, become that strong democratic nation that they want to become. Former General Rick Hillier joining us live on 680 CJOB, retired General Rick Hillier. Thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it, sir. My, my pleasure. Thank you. It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We are asking you at cjob.com our question of the day. For Mr. Furness, don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness, 204-832-6243. The new bivalent COVID shot is now available to all Manitoba adults. Will you be getting it? And just looking at the updated results at cjob.com, we have 40% who say no, 33% say eventually, and 27% say yes, ASAP. You can also vote on Instagram or on Twitter if you prefer. Before we talk about curling, you know what? This uh, this text that you've highlighted here, Mackling, might be in the running yeah. uh, for the contest. Yeah. Save it. It, it, it. it just may be. Yeah. It so. just may be. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you off the air. I think the winner just came in, though. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to pick a winner for our Michael Buble tickets in our next segment based on the surprises that you have ruined or the surprises that have been ruined for you. But right now, let's talk about, or shall we say, let's roar about this. The Pemina Curling Club is set to celebrate its 75th anniversary, and they are hoping this coming season is reminiscent of years gone by, 2020. In 2021, excluded, of course. 
Yeah, it's been a pretty incredible fall already because sports at school, they're back on. Activities are back on. There's no restrictions pretty much anywhere. And many organizations are really looking to hit the ground running, including the folks behind one of Manitoba's most popular winter activities, which is, of course, curling, Greg. That's right. So... In with that in mind, Leah Kerger is the club manager at the Pemina Curling Club and joins us now. Happy anniversary, Leah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on this morning. Well, we don't need to dwell on the past two years. Instead, let's talk mm-hmm. about the overall impact of the Pembina Curling Club over the past 75 years. My boys curled out of there a few seasons. It's a, it's a great place to spend time, but it's got an incredible history, hasn't it? It does, and a, and a long-running history, and um, a lot of amazing people, and we have a lot of amazing volunteers here. What are you doing to get more people playing the sport? Because I know we heard there was concerns, not necessarily with curling, but other sports were concerned that the pandemic might have permanently pushed people away from the sport. And so what are you seeing in terms of those who might be coming back or trying it for the first time, Leah? Yeah, so curling is a it's an aging sport. So I think the pandemic and having we had a full season off um, kept a lot of people at home. And um, with the aging population, there's definitely still still some fears. Um, so we've lost a bit of that. But um, with the pandemic, we haven't been able to have our same programming of getting people into the sport. So we it coincides with our 75th. We're relaunching um, all of that. So we have um, our Learn to Curl. It's an open house, an hour and a half clinic um, led by some of um, our amazing volunteers, really wonderful curling instructors. We have two coming up. So one will take place on September 29th at 6 p.m. That's a Thursday. And then for the first time ever, we're doing a women's only Learn to Curl and really prioritizing getting women back into the sport. Um, and that'll be on October 2nd, a Sunday at 4 now, curling clubs are famous for having some of the best food around. How does your club mm-hmm. stack up? Yeah, so um, last year we actually got an amazing caterer. Um, her name is Rula, and she owns Yum Yum Hospitality. Uh, she uh, specializes in, in Greek food, but we have it all, like the pub food and everything like that. She is an amazing caterer. Our food is great. Um, our beer is great, too. So we definitely have that social aspect. Um <laughs> down <laughs> no question about it and that's you yeah. know i'm going to confess this on the air right now that's one of the things that uh, i like most about the fact that the <laughs> boys curl versus playing hockey some of the arenas of course have restaurants but th- that's pretty uncommon and it's the only sport where we can watch the boys play they are behind basically bulletproof glass they cannot hear us <laughs> yelling and screaming at them i can enjoy a burger fries poutine whatever i might want jackie can have a caesar a glass of wine and yep. it's it's not only it's not only allowed it's encouraged exactly exactly and um it's great to if you're over the age of 18 when you're done playing to to come up to the lounge with your team afterwards too i know so many people at the club including myself have made really great friends from doing that all right can you talk really amazing people so talk about your women's learn to curl uh program and that uh that you're offering uh coming up here on october 2nd before we let you go leah yeah, so it's, again, it's about an hour and a half. Um, so women and girls, uh, most of our, pretty much all of our instructors too are going to be um, experienced female curlers. Um, 
And then after that, it, it's not women's only, but after that, um, women's only learn to curl, we have a novice league um, for people to go in uh, to get even better at the sport of curling, um, to prepare to get into leagues the following year. Um, and it's run by really, really skilled, really skilled coaches. So, and it's 150 bucks for 13 weeks. So I don't think there's a better deal in town um, to get instructional curling. Here's a, here's a question about, uh, and before we let you go, about joining a curling club, for example. Like, can, can you pick, does it matter where you live in the city? Can you pick any club uh, or does it no, based on? No, you can pick any club. You can pick any club that works for you. It's like 90210. You just have to give yeah. them a fake address to uh, yeah. be able to be part of the, just give them a fake postal cold, Brett, and you're in having a curling club. <laughs> All right, because I've always wondered what it's like to curl. I've never curled Mackling, so yeah. or maybe I'll just join oh, you upstairs. Well, yeah, just come do to that. Learn to curl. Come try yes. to learn to curl. This sport is for you, Brett. Did you not just hear the the great sales pitch on the Caesar? I was rethinking my parenting choices during Greg's. <laughs> Why did I put my kids not in curling? <laughs> what, what was I thinking? Poutine and the Caesar? Good Lord. If you want a parenting clinic on uh, the, the reasons for putting your kids into curling versus other sports, Leah, I'd be glad to conduct that for you. It'd be fairly yeah, we'll short, but uh, I'd be, be glad to offer my services on that front. Leah Kerger is the club manager at the Pemina Curling Club. Happy 75th anniversary. Leah, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me. Have a great morning. Catherine's coming back to CSI Vegas, by the way. That's pretty cool. So we're asking you about Michael... For a chance to win Michael Bublé tickets, Canada Life Centre, October 7th. The surprises that you have had blown for you or the surprises that you wrecked for somebody else. And uh, this was inspired by the fact that yesterday we revealed, I revealed the result of the Amazing Race Canada winner. on, And I, we did give a spoiler warning, but I guess I didn't give a big enough spoiler warning because we got a couple of angry texts about that. You, you wrecked, the, you blew the, the, the finale, you You're morons. You're a ruiner. You're a <laughs> ruiner, You need to Brad. next time use that sound for like the alert, like a tornado <laughs> alert. <laughs> and then you can be... Everybody, you got it? Yeah. Spoiler warning. Here we go. But I, don't worry. I'm not going to say it again. Uh, but be, here, here are a couple of runners up because, uh, as always, difficult choice. Beth says, when I retired, I had three months of holidays that had to be used up before my actual retirement date. So I was still receiving all staff emails. One day, an email came reminding staff to check out the book that had been made for my retirement before they presented it to me. Turns out it was a book created by... One staff member full of pictures and mementos of my 41 years there. Because it was during COVID, they were not able to have a farewell party. So the woman who created the book presented it to me at Earl's on Main, and I had to fake that I was totally surprised. But that was not difficult, turns out, because as I looked through the book, it was filled with many kind words and well wishes from staff. Aww. It was a delightful gift, and I was totally surprised by the love expressed. Aww. So, Beth, that's really sweet. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Victor, one of our other runners up, Greg. Back in uh, the day, my in my younger years, my siblings and I decided to surprise my parents on their anniversary. We got up early to make, you know what, breakfast in bed, quietly in the kitchen for our parents. As we had everything ready, we walked towards my parents' bedroom to surprise them. As we opened the door and entered the room and yelled, surprise, it was us. We were surprised and traumatized as oh, yeah. my parents were. 
let's just say busy in bed. <laughs> oh, <we> left, <laughs> there you there go. There you go, guys. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 as we left the room, we went back to the kitchen. We just sat there looking at one another. <laughs> uh, and then what the parents are panicking, see? too. What are they going to do? It reminds me of, I think it was Modern Family. They walk in to the parents, and then one of the girls runs out, and she's rubbing pure soap detergent on her eyes. Like, I can't, like, I can't unsee that. Like, please. Oh, too good. But uh, Ryan is our winner, Loren. Ryan has a great story. I think we all really enjoyed this one. Uh, he says, when I was 12 years old, my parents planned a surprise family trip for me and my sisters for Christmas. About a week before Christmas, the home phone rang, and I answered it. It was the travel agent they used to plan the trip. She was calling to say our tickets were ready for pickup. I immediately hung up the phone and ran around the house telling my family that we're going on a trip. We were so excited. My dad was very upset that the cat had been let out of the bag early. (laughs) Fast forward 20 years, my fiancé's parents meet mine. Immediately, my dad realizes my fiancé's mom was the travel agent that mistakenly ruined the family trip surprise years ago. Needless to say... A little awkward. Still awkward 20 years later. Oh, like, awkward. let give up the grudge. Come on. 20 years. You, you should... ruined my vacation. You spoiled my surprise. Instead of celebrating the impending nuptials, <laughs> still hanging on to that ruined surprise. <laughs> I actually kind of salute that sort of a grudge hold. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, family so... baseball games were never the same. <laughs> Ryan, you're our winner. You're going to see Michael Buble, October 7th, Canada Life Centre. We have one more pair of tickets to give away tomorrow and one more pair of tickets to give away for Ringo Starr and his all-star band tomorrow morning on 680 CJOB. He's coming to town on October 4th. Just wanted to uh, have a give you a quick update on the uh, the unofficial prediction that it was going to warm up. Uh, I mentioned either yesterday, I think it was yesterday, or the, no, it was the day before I said there, the, my apartment yes. building is turning off the air conditioning, which means it is going to warm up because they have to turn off the air conditioning and turn on the heat when it gets too cold at night, under five degrees, so they kill the air conditioning. And I've lived there since the fall of 2019, and all, both the last couple of years have, oh no, that's that would be three, so this will be the fourth. All th- the first three times... They turn it off too soon, and then it was uh, just a melting, sweltering mess in my inferno in my apartment. Mm-hmm. And now looking at the long-term forecast, um, Weather Network says at starting Thursday, September 9th, 29th, it's going to be 20 degrees or more for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight days at least. So... It's a weird time of year, though, because I think, is it Monday night? It's also going to be zero or below zero again, so... I get it. You're hot during the day, but then you, aren't you cold at night when it gets to those temps? Or do you kind of like it with the window open? I kind of like it, yeah. yeah. I, like I get it. it. Yeah. I get that. So anyway, uh, what did you say, Greg? Thanks for your sacrifice, Brett? <laughs> I did say thanks for your sacrifice because I, I didn't see this forecast until you shared it, but uh, much appreciated. Yeah. Thank so you very much. Looks like we're going to have a nice... Uh, I have a fan for fall. you. You can pick it up or I can bring it. <laughs> yeah, well, we, I've got a couple already at home. Look, we've been talking a lot in the recent days, recent weeks, recent months 
about rising costs, inflation, price of gas, price of groceries, price of everything, and how times are tough for all of us. And so it just, it feels like a good time to call in one of the big guns. All right, so our guest is an expert on all things money, a professional spokesperson and speaker, a best-selling and award-winning author, and founder of Women Claiming Wealth. And today she's going to help us navigate the topic of September budget busters, Loren. We say good morning to Kelly Keene. How's it going, Kelly? Good morning, everyone. So great to be with you. You know, I've said before that for me, September really feels more like the start of my new year. Not January 1st, but September, right? Because the schedule picks up. You're busier with your own events. If you have kids, you're busy with their events, their school. And yeah, like there's the pain in the new year of what you might have spent over the holidays, but it's September that I think many people really notice the costs of everyday living now more than ever. So I love this idea of September budget busters. What's going on here? Yeah, Lorraine, totally. I absolutely agree. And I think in a way it is like a new year because you're kind of still paying for summer and getting the kids back to school. You know, the unfortunate reality is is that inflation is still really hitting Canadians hard. You know, the number came down a little bit. We're sitting at 7%, but there was a report a couple days ago that, you know, food is up uh, 10.8% from last month. So, it's you know, it's really rough for a lot of people. I think it was 30% was the number uh, that came out in a survey that uh, came out earlier this week. That, that many Canadians using loyalty and rewards points to save money yeah. on groceries, right? So typically we collect the, those points. I know when I go to Canadian Tire, I like to, you know, do you want to use your Canadian Tire money? No, 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 I'm saving it for something. And I think the last time I went to Canadian Tire, I said, no, you know what? Just use it on that as opposed to saving up for something that I might not have otherwise bought unless I got it for free. So this idea of using those rewards and those points that we normally collect and save every day is becoming a little more popular. Yeah, I saw that too, Greg, and I thought that was really encouraging. I mean, it can be your credit card. Um, It can be for me and my husband when PC Optimum started offering it for buying alcohol. (laughs) Uh, we saved a fortune in uh, points and, you know, you can redeem that for gas and, and, and groceries. Here's the thing, guys. So when it comes to your rewards points, I mean, you want to be a little bit careful how much information you're giving when you're signing up for these programs, because, you know, I, I like to talk to you a lot about privacy and fraud protection, things of that sort. So um, you can use a fake name and a fake address. You don't have to give all of your information when you sign up for these things. And then very lastly, you know, if you're like using a credit card and I try to use my credit card for everything, I pay it off every month. Um, I want all of those rewards points. But if you are actually paying more for the annual uh, dues every year, uh, then it's not worth it. Or if you're carrying a balance and you're in a high interest rate credit card. So please just kind of keep an eye out. Uh, for how much information you're giving for these points and also, you know, making sure you're not paying more than the the rewards are actually worth. Now, Kelly, uh, I'm currently in the position of, you know, I'm having to kind of dig myself out here. I I, I had a super fun summer, but I was reckless with my spending. Now I'm having to cut back. Uh, But I'm also the kind of person whose eyes glaze over whenever I start to think about this stuff. So when it comes to budget, for a September post-summer budget, where where do I start? I got you. I, I got you, Brett. I hear you. A lot of people did overindulge, and there's nothing wrong with that. You got to live, but 
you also have to realize that if you don't look at what damage you've done, uh, you can't get out of it. And especially, let's say, for example, like you're, and I don't know if you were in a high interest rate credit card at 24%, let's say, and you were just making your minimum payment, call up your bank and get them to put you in a lower interest rate card, like one at 12%. I mean, that's still astronomically high, but it just means you're going to pay so much less interest and you're going to have it paid off so much sooner. So, you know, unfortunately, the bank isn't going to call you. Uh, They're not going to call any of your listeners and say, hey, we've got a lower rate product for you. Uh, And actually, quite honestly, there's hundreds, like there's so many options of credit cards in this country. People really don't look. They don't look at their banking to see if they can get no fee or low fee banking. As I was mentioning, they don't look at the annual fee on their credit card. It doesn't sound like much 20 bucks, 30 bucks, 50 bucks here and there. But man, that adds up to a lot of money at the end of the year. You know, uh, we've talked before about the sticking in the head in the sand philosophy, Kelly, but how people just get nervous talking about their finances. And ironically, just this week, I was talking to my financial advisor and I was like, pay attention while she's talking, Loren. And then within two (laughs) minutes, I was sending an email about work while while she's on speakerphone. And I thought, I I don't know why I can't focus on what is the most important thing. But when I really paused and got to the end of the conversation, she had some great tips, not just about what we were doing to save, but things that you can take advantage of to actually make more money. So what, walk us through that because mm-hmm. earning more, so how many people out there have put up their head and said, man, I really need to be making some more money. Well, you can do that actually through your savings sometimes. I hear you. Like anytime you can get free money or more money. So let's like run through a bunch of them. Number one, cutting those fees down. Like you really need to dig into the fees that you're paying because A lot of people are paying way too much for the fees on their investments. That's number one. Number two, if you're traditionally employed, look to your employer to see what matching programs you're leaving free money on the table. Literally, like three to Sun Life says that three to four billion dollars is being left on the table every year in matching programs like that. That's bananas. Um, You know, we think of CRA, the Canada Revenue Agency, as our adversary, but really, like, they can be on your side. Uh, I think we talked last time about, you know, all of the unclaimed checks that that they were saying millions of people have money sitting there. If you're not sure, you can head over to my blog. I've got all those links up there. And then speaking of CRA, you know, you can go back. Canada's the only country in the world that you can go back on your taxes 10 years and see if there's benefits or credits you missed or the tax laws have changed. Corporations have been doing this forever, uh, but it's really costly. There's actually a company called Family Tax Recovery. They do all of this for you because they've got smart AI and technology. Best part is, is they don't charge anything unless they get you a refund. And, man, some of the testimonials I've read are, are really powerful. I think we forget sometimes that we're leaving so much money on the table. Sometimes we forget that yeah. we've got uh, insurance policies. Um, this is something I learned the hard way when my mom passed away. Like if if your mom or your dad or your siblings don't tell you you're a beneficiary, guess what? When mom, dad, or brother or sister pass away, the insurance company's not phoning you to say, hey, guess what? We have some money for you. Oh, man, Greg, that is so true. And also on that note, the Bank of Canada has a lot of free money as well that people have that they haven't claimed. But, yeah, on the insurance policy thing, I think this is why it's so important to create, like, a final day binder for your family. Like, what? Where you don't even have to put all the details in there, but 
Greg, what I worry about, too, is like, what if you've got like an online account? Like, let's say, like, I'm not, you know, like a well simple or, uh, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Like you've got one of those online investing accounts that you don't even get a statement in the mail. How would your family know to go hunting down for that? So it's just so important that you have a binder somewhere, you know, just or just like even a piece of paper. Like, yeah, I've got some life insurance at work. Yeah, I have this little policy here or or anything, because, man, otherwise people are just combing through that stuff. And, yeah, exactly. They're not going to hunt you down. They're not going to hunt the estate down. I mean, eventually they may. But, um, yeah, that's just money that's not earning interest and, and not in your pocket. Sounds like a fun Friday night. What are you doing? I'm just putting together my uh, my binder in case of untimely demise. But it's it's, a- it's my fun Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. You always help us navigate these murky waters, and we appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you, my friends. Be well. Her website is kellykeen.com. That's spelled K-E-L-L-E-Y-K-E-E-H-N.com.